Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. It's the Double L team with Lyle and Lawson. And what are you thankful for this morning, Lawson? It's not raining. This is this is a positive? For, for now, I can see some clouds. We don't need any more right now. There's bound to be more coming through, though. Yeah, that's right. So, you know. But, it's, you know, I jumped in the car this morning. I drove here. There was no rain. With no wipers. Yeah, no wipers. It's kind of a weird feeling. Well, because usually, like, I, I take my, my laptop in. At, well, the last couple of days that I've walked in here, I've, like, had my laptop out of my, like, backpack. And I've, like, had to put my shirt over it. And I've, like, ran through the rain to get in so I don't damage uh, my electronics. But, yeah, no, today's been, like, clear as. Fantastic it's, stuff. It's warm and yes. humid. Kind of, and it's like, okay, now we're coming into summer. So it's like, it's like uh, okay. But you like summer, Lyle. I love summer. It's my favourite time of year. Even summer up here? This, this, of course. Yeah. I mean, even summer up here. Well, summer up here is The further like, north you go, the better it gets. Oh, okay. This is, yeah, maybe, this is, this maybe is where, North Queensland. I've never been to North this Queensland is, in this summer. This is where I did. No, I've, I've been up to Cairns during summer. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been up to, to Darwin during summer. And. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I've been I've been up, uh, you know, in Madang in, in in PNG, which is not that mm. far from the equator during summer, and it's warm and it's sticky. But what I found was you don't get those extremely hot days. Mm. The other thing I found was that it's exactly the same temperature and exactly the same humidity every day, yeah. and so you actually get to become acclimatized to it. Mm. What frustrates me about this particular area is that you get hot days and then you get cold days and one day you wear a jumper and the next day you don't and then you get the extremes, you know, you get those temperatures in the 40s, yeah. which you just don't get up in the far north. Mm. You know, Darwin sits on what, 30 to 33? That's it. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Peter, Paul and Mary with Early in the Morning. Mm-hmm. doesn't feel early in the morning this time of year. The sun's been up for, like, yeah. hours. I, I, I actually I kind of freak out when I... Because, <laughs> like, I had a shower this morning. Yes. I get out of the shower and I'm like, oh, it's sunny in my life. <laughs> like, <laughs> it does. It has that feeling. I mean, you know... Most of the year, it is dark when we arrive here, and mm. often, you know, for a large part of the year, it's pitch dark when we start the breakfast show. So it yeah. feels early in the morning, but right now it feels like the middle of the day. Oh man, I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to get out of here. Not really. We've been we've been here for a very short amount of time. Okay, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you know the answer, send us a message. Give us a call. We would love to hear from you this morning. What are we? What is happening in positively different news? Positively different. News? Oh, man, all kinds of cool things. I read about something this morning. It's called the DART Space Mission. It is taking on. It is basically preparing to launch in about 12 hours' time. It's it's like 6.20 Greenwich Mean Time, so I'm thinking like 12 hours. In the future. In the future. In the very near future. Very, very near future. But essentially, this spacecraft, its mission is to kamikaze an asteroid to see if it can move it off course. That's that's its whole that's deal. That's pretty hectic. That's 
epic, dude. So, no, so basically... Didn't wh- Bruce Willis do this once? Yeah, <laughs> in a movie called Armageddon. <laughs> they blow up an asteroid. No, well, not... <laughs> that's actually the point. That, like, not even joking, that is actually the point. So what they've found is a very large asteroid. It's about 780 metres in diameter. That's like, yeah, yeah. that's like, decent size. That's around the size of like the Burj Khalifa. Like the. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. so 780 uh-huh. meters in diameter. It's this big rock. And around it is orbiting a smaller asteroid that is about 163 meters, which is like. Still a big rock. Very small. Would not like rock. it to land on my head. That's right. <laughs> that would definitely spoil your day. So what they're seeing here is like they've got an asteroid that's orbiting around a bigger asteroid. And they what they want to see is if an asteroid is heading towards Earth, how hard do they need to smack it so that it doesn't hit Earth? Like if the asteroid's too... So what if they hit the wrong one? What if they hit the small one instead of the big one? No, but that's the thing. They're trying to hit the small one. Oh, they're going to hit the small one. To see if they can throw it off rotation. Like that's the whole deal. Okay, so you can throw a small one off rotation off a big one, then theoretically if the big one was coming towards Earth, you could throw it off rotation to the Earth. Yeah, well, you could, yeah, you could, like, I think it would have its own gravitational pull towards Earth. That wouldn't be able, because it's so big, it wouldn't be able to go into orbit. It would just crash into Earth, and it wouldn't, it's too big to just burn up Mm -hmm. in the atmosphere. And so it would crash into Earth, and that would be... Lots of problems. And so they're seeing, like, even if an if an asteroid has a strong gravitational pull towards something, can they throw it off? And, and like, because right, right now, okay, so this DART, this spacecraft that they're sending up there to Kamikaze, this Full other Full metal jacket. Yeah, they're just sending it in there. It's only, like, it's, like, 19 metres wide. Oh, like it's it. only a little one. It's, like, tiny. And it's, so it must be moving at a pretty hefty velocity then. So they DART will smash into the moonlet at the speed of around... 15,000 miles per hour. Yeah, that's that's just Which is 6.6 kilometers per second. Oof. (laughs) Just real. See, this is the advantage of what you can do when you don't have to push through air. That's right. Because you just can't push stuff that fast through air. But when there's no air, it's like push it as fast as you want. (laughs) Push it as fast as you can make an exhaust out of your. Rocket engine. And that's exactly what they're going to do. And so that's they're trying to see, okay, what's the scale and the weight of an object that is needed to take out this size object that's needed to take out this size object. So that if they came to a situation where they say, okay, there's a rock flying towards Earth that's like one kilometer wide, how big of a kamikaze spacecraft would we need to take it out? That's basically I wonder, I wonder what if, they're trying to do. Uh, I, I wonder if... I wonder if they will use one of these devices, you know, um, when Jesus returns. <laughs> to take like, him out. <laughs> let's see if we can fire something up there and stop this from happening. Well, we've talked before about, you know, economic crashes and things happening before the second coming. And unfortunately, this space craft is going to cost $325 million. That This mission, the DART mission, it costs, is costing $325 million. To experiment. Yeah, pretty much anything out in space costs a lot of money. Uh, but it does a, increase, you know, this is the thing, this is the thing. Every time they do something in space, we learn more about God and we learn more about creation. So I'm not I'm not 100% opposed to, you know, um, getting out there, spending the money and learning about creation. Mm. Even though most of the people involved in it don't believe in God, when the evidence comes back and we're able to analyse it, we're like, well, we just learned a whole bunch of things about God. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be cool either which way. 
I'd love to see. I, I, they just need to send a drone up there to um, to photograph this. To, to film it. Well, that's the thing. They'll they'll probably have cameras on the. They'll dark. have onboard cameras. But um, yeah, but if they had something beside it, that's just yeah, like, yeah, just showing it like flying straight in there. That would be so. I guess good. they'll be able to watch it on a telescope. I just love the method, though. They're like, okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna get a really expensive spaceship yeah. and crash it into a rock. Really fast. Put an armor-piercing head on it and crash it into a rock. <laughs> it's basically a bullet. It's moving about that fast anyway, so... Oh, faster? That's a lot faster than a bullet. <laughs> but, wait, this is this is their ultimate target. They're like, if we... <laughs> this, is, this is actually really funny. So, so, because ultimately, yes, things can be pulled towards Earth, right, with it, its gravitational force. But the reason it's like a, a big asteroid would be so dangerous being pulled towards Earth is because it's also being pulled towards the sun. So that means that, like, Earth's orbit isn't big enough to throw it out of the way if it's also being pulled towards the sun's orbit as well because the the orbit of the sun has such a large gravitational pull. Mm-hmm. And so they want to see their target is if they can, if DART hits this asteroid and it gets thrown off its orbit of the sun, I don't know how to calculate this, but 0.000006%. Right. Then that's a success. Because, right, that's because all you need to do. That's all you need to do because the scale, you know, the scale is so big here. Yes. You know, of like how big an asteroid is versus the Earth versus the Sun and how far they're all, they all are away from each other. So is the idea then to push it off course so that it flies into the Sun instead of us? Well, it just doesn't fly into us. Yep. You know, and it can keep rotating around the sun. But yeah, I thought it was super duper interesting. And I'm like, this is, this is cool. This will be one to watch. We'll see, you know, how hard does a dart need to smack an asteroid to get it to yeah i'm kind of wondering i'm kind of wondering why they don't try and do the bruce willis thing and blow the thing up (laughs) (laughs) why not put a warhead on it rather than just an armor piercing head because like even if you blew it up like just come down in little small pieces and make a pretty night sky yeah and hopefully it would just like take out france (laughs) (laughs) what have you got against france i don't know it happened in the movie Uh, all right, so uh, another quick story here. This is really cool as well. This is an animal story. Yes. It's about one of my favorite animals. Mm-hmm. Do you know what they are? I've talked about them. Favorite animals. My favorite is penguin. It's another one of my favorites. Another one of your favorites? Yeah. Um, um, badgers. No. I've talked uh, about them on the show. Like a, like a lot. Wombats. I've never talked about wombats on the show. Um, it's bees, dude. Come oh, on. Bees, bees, <laughs> yeah, bees. This is insect. It's not an animal. It's an insect. It's it's part of the animal kingdom. It's an insect. Anyways, so you know how, like, in the Canary Islands, um, in La Palma, how there was this massive volcanic eruption? Yes. And it, like, there was videos coming out of, like, magma, like, flowing down the hills. It was crazy and all this stuff. Burning houses, it, cars, it was, roads. Yeah, just melting, crazy. Melting stuff. Dude, they... Found like because now like everything's cooled down. They've been going through and rescuing everything and checking everything. They found four separate beehives that have been buried in ash for fifty days, and all the bees are inside them, alive. No way. Yeah. How is that possible? I don't know. They they don't know. Oh, like, I guess they'd have honey to eat. They're they're basically just they're taking them back. I I guess so. They're taking them back to labs at the moment. This is like breaking news. They're taking them back to the labs to be able to examine them and to, you know, take some bees apart and see what they've been digesting and eating and whatnot. But essentially... It's wild. How do you do a dissection on a bee? uh, With very small tweezers. 
You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Moving to more serious news, uh, heading over to the United States where Joe Biden has just revoked religious liberty for faith-based foster care and adoption agencies. Mm-hmm. And so this is you know, something that's been in place um, pretty much forever. Um, it's protected by the First Amendment. It's also protected by the uh, Religious Freedom Restoration Act 1993. Mm-hmm. Um, this is particularly going to affect three states um, in uh, Michigan, South Carolina, and Texas. But foster care and adoption agencies that were faith-based were formally allowed to choose people of faith to raise children. Yep. So, you know, you're running this particular foster care. You have a very genuine belief what kind of persons are going to be are going to provide the best foster care. And I think you and I would agree that a married couple who believe in Jesus would give the best cut. That's you know, that's the gold mm. standard. And so, mm. you know, these are adoption agencies, foster care agencies that apply the gold standard when it comes to um, finding homes for very vulnerable children. Mm-hmm. Um, this is so. So basically, what Bi- Joe Biden has done is incredibly discriminatory and incredibly bad for uh, children. And it shows absolutely zero care for children at all. Mm. Um, you've got about five hundred, a little bit under five hundred thousand children who are in foster care in the United States. It's a big chunk, mm. and they have a massive lack of agencies. Uh, to be able to take care of the number of children that they have in foster care. And by wiping out all of your faith-based agencies, basically what you're doing is you're saying, well, I don't care about these kids. All I care about is my particular ideology. My particular ideology is that religious liberty should not be a thing and something that should not exist. Mm. Now, of course, the Biden policy on this is to reduce foster care and increase abortion. So basically what you've got here is that the new Biden rule mandates that agencies that provide uh, referrals for abortions, um, even if doing so, violates their religious beliefs. And so... He has removed the religious liberty of abortion agencies. He has removed the religious liberty of adoption agencies so that abortions go up and adoption and foster care goes down because that's that's what it works. And, and basically the, the concept behind this is eugenics. Yep. Because children that are going into foster care are coming from damaged families and the majority of abortions take place in situations where people feel that, you know, this child would have a bad future and so therefore they have an abortion. Mm. That is eugenics. Plain and simple. That is the United States trying to breed themselves into being the super race of the world. This is this is like so gross. I, I what, can't, it, what I, I can't I, believe we're talking about this. What I, what I find interesting is that it push, it's pushing the Roman Catholic Church to the right. So the Roman Catholic Church historically has always supported the left of politics, you know, here in Australia and in the United States. But now they are jumping in bed with evangelicals, you know, fundamentalists and so forth, because they have common ground. <laughs> Yeah. And when, when when I see that happening, it just raises all kinds of questions in my mind as to, okay, what happens when the next US election comes around and there's a backlash against this? Mm. 
Because what you've got is your left is always fighting religious liberty, your right is always promoting union of church and state. Yes. And so now if your Roman Catholic church that believes in union of church and state flips over to the right, position that they've never really done before as far as, you know, a voting block yeah. goes, you are, and particularly in the US. Particularly in the US, yeah. then and you have, you know, Protestantism uniting with Catholicism, we could have a backlash that is equally detrimental, if not worse. Mm. Because I think, interesting, like this brings my mind to just some of the moves that the Catholic Church has made over the last couple of years and how it's kind of coinciding with changes that are happening in the right wing as well of, of politics. Like, for example, you know, Caitlyn Jenner was like running for governor of California as a, a trans person for the Republicans. Republican Party, yes. Which is crazy. Like, you know, up until this point in history, it's never been like that. And you look at the, the other side of the fence where you've got the, um, yeah, you've got the Catholic Church being vocal about their support of the LGBT community. And so there's a lot of common ground starting yeah, it's, here. It's, and it's I feel a, like... It's, 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 a, it's just like, follow, watch this space. But at the same time, I, I did a Bible study with someone yesterday about this. Like... You know, when the Bible describes the the end time superpower and it says they look like a lamb and they speak like a dragon. If I've ever ever heard anything speaking like a dragon, it's what you've just said to me. Oh, because that is that is just gross. That is like terrible. Okay, let's go a little bit further now and let's see if Australia is any better than the United States. Of course, down in Victoria, the Equal Opportunity Religious Exceptions Bill uh, just passed the lower house by fifty three votes to twenty two. You know, we look at Victoria and we all, the whole of Australia shakes their head when they look at Victoria. But when you see this happening, it's like, well, you guys deserve what you get. <laughs> you get the government you deserve. It's like, how is this possible? What is up with you people down there? But anyway, this particular bill uh, will force schools to hire staff and maintain staff who oppose the religious beliefs and practices of that school. That is cringe. That is so dumb. Okay. Oh, it also it also continues on and prohibits schools from requiring a code of conduct or behaviour other than not breaking not not doing something illegal. So you can't require your your staff to you know to, to, to live a Christian lifestyle to you know not drink gamble sleep around you know you can't require any of that kind of stuff of your staff anymore. Wait, okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay, okay. Man, my mind is racing. All right, but watch this. Um, You can fire staff if they renounce Christianity. Like, if they come forward and say, I am no longer a Christian, you can fire them for that, right? Mm -hmm. But how many people would do that who valued their job? They don't have to practice Christianity. They don't have to do anything Christian whatsoever at all. All they have to do is attach that title to themselves while they're at work and you can't fire them. And then you can only fire them from that position if they're a Bible teacher. Oh, okay. So any other kind of teacher, you can't fire them, even if they renounce Christianity. Okay. So this Yikes. is pretty pretty wild stuff. This is a massive attack why, on why, Christianity, why, on people of faith. Why do secular people, like, why do secular teachers want to work in Christian schools so bad? Well, you know, you're a teacher and you want to get a job. It's like, what difference does it make? Work in this school, that school, yeah. the other school, wherever. Yeah, fair enough. Um, now, if they do renounce Christianity, the government, and they're a Bible teacher, so they can be fired, 
the government can then force the school to employ them in a different job. So you're no longer teaching Bible, now we can force you to teach science. Okay. Oh, yikes. Yeah, you yikes, see, you see yikes, the point, right? Yikes, yikes. You yeah. see the point right there. National Party leader uh, Peter Walsh MP stated that the Labor government is going to war with faith-based organisations of this state. That's a quote. And we have seen that consistently over the last two years. There has been one uh, battle fought after another. Well, not so much battles fought. It's just, it's just all-out war on anything that is faith-based in the state of Victoria. Yeah. And the same liberties don't go the other way. Like if I'm... If oh, I'm if no, I, not I, at all. I, I can get this, fired Think for... of the bigotry and the extreme discrimination against people of faith that this is. And they're yeah. like, oh, this is anti-discriminatory. No, this is incredibly discriminatory. Yeah. Totally. Sorry. Go. <laughs> oh, I was just, just going to say it doesn't go the other way in terms of like um, if... It, well, well, does it? This is the thing I want to know. If I'm working for, say, you know, a specific... A, a political organisation, maybe. A political organisation or, or, or in another school or in a, some kind of company where I'm, you know, employed as a full-time permanent employee. Um, and because I subscribe to a religious ideology or on the, on the flip side right now, it's a specific ideology that that certain company advocates for. Am I fireable? Absolutely. This only reply, only applies to religious institutions. Only religious institutions. If you if you're part of a uh, if you're part of the you know Victorian Labor Party and you decide you know I, I like the ideology of the Liberal Party, they can fire you for that. Mm-hmm. If your ideology changes, yeah, it only applies. And this is why it is called Yikes. the uh, religious exceptions bill. <laughs> Only religion that they're after. They're not after anyone They're exceptionally else. targeting religion. Yes, indeed. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, give us a call if you know the answer. But joining us in the studio, and this is a rarity, David Haupt, welcome to the show. Welcome to the studio. Thank you, guys. It's always good to be here. And it's been quite a while. I, you used to pop in from time to time, and then we went into lockdown. And of course, you live in the far north of the state, so it's a it's a quite quite the drive to get here. It sure is, and um, yeah, lockdown has really disrupted everything around us. Hasn't it has it? indeed. Mm, it has yeah. indeed. All right, so we haven't got to see as much of David as we usually do. But uh, David, what are we talking about this morning? Well, a very interesting topic, and that is narcissism, uh, a subject that makes every person nowadays a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> because we're This so, is so true. When any, anyone you don't like is like, oh, they're narcissistic. Exactly, exactly. Mm. While in reality, it's a very serious disorder, or mm-hmm. is it a disorder? This is Okay, so this is how I see narcissism. I see narcissism as probably the... The exemplification of sinful human nature, mm. well, and so that makes it a disorder from what God, how God created us. Exactly. So what is very interesting is what we today have as disorders, maybe and and defined as a disorder in the DSM five a few years back or a few uh, DSM fours before was in actual fact not a disorder or what was a disorder then has become normalized today and um, 
is not anymore in the DSM-5. But the, the DSM-5, which is the psychiatric Bible, which is used to diagnose mental disorders, basically says that narcissism is a personality disorder characterized by a sense of uh, grandiosity, the need for uh, attention and admirations. Uh, it brings out characteristics of very superficial relationship that it has. And what is very interesting is that there's a lack of empathy. Mm. So basically selfishness. Exactly. So I would rather would like to go to the Bible to define this because the Bible actually defines it. Um, Lyle, it's interesting that when you look at the therapy for narcissism is that, uh, you know, there's a lot of effort spent in trying to change the person in terms of uh, psychological therapy, uh, especially making people aware of the impact that they have on other people, but then also mood suppressants and antidepressants. And But it concludes with the, the, this fact that it is very hard to treat. Why? Surely, surely the solution to narcissism is dying to self the old man dying and a new man in Christ. Surely this has to be the solution here. Well, Paul talks about his own struggle in sin in Romans 7, 24 and 25. Mm. He says, what a wretched man I am, who will rescue me? And he responds to his own question and says, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But here is the crucial thing, and that is, to die to self. In mm. other words, to come to that uh, point in my life where I recognize what a wretched man I am. Mm. And here's the problem, because a true narcissist does not come to that point where they see themselves as a wretched man. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's that's profound. And particularly, you, know, you look at that, that passage there in Romans 7 in the context of the previous verses where Paul says, we can't be married to two people. You can't be married to the old man who's narcissistic and be married to Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's an impossibility. You cannot be a narcissist, a converted narcissist. Yeah. yeah. So, Lyle, we, we look at some of the characteristics of narcissism. Uh, they always talk about themselves. Right, mm -hmm. they are always the center. As as a gentleman uh, met up with an old schoolmate of his, uh, old flame, if we can be honest, and they were talking the whole time about what he has achieved in in life. And then eventually he said, "Look, I'm sick and tired of talking about me. Let's talk about you f for a few moments. So tell me, what is your thoughts about the latest book that I've written?" <laughs> Classic. Uh, you know, one of the things I have to do a question is on this, and, and and that is, you know, the closer we get to the end of time, the closer we get to the return of Jesus Christ, is narcissism on the rise. And the reason I ask this question is that we've had this mantra that has been promoted since ah oh, probably the nineteen nineties. I keep hearing it. You know, you've got to be true to yourself. You've got to be true to yourself. You've got to be true to yourself. You hear it over and over and over again. You cannot succeed in life and life unless you're true to yourself. And I'm like, no, that's actually the opposite. You only can, see, can, can succeed in life if you die to self. Don't be true to yourself. That's the worst thing you can do. Mm. And the other thing that really disturbs me as a pastor, as a minister of religion, is how many funerals have I done where they've played the song, I did it my way. Mm. I didn't do it God's way. I didn't do it Jesus' way. I did it my way. I mean, how unbelievably narcissistic is that? 
observe the the kind of music and lyrics that nowadays are being played. Uh, many yeah. years ago, it was all about me, uh, all about us, versus nowadays it's all about me and my, myself. I understand there's actually been research done on this that has shown a dramatic change. A dramatic change. And even within Christian circles, we so often, and I've received emails that said, right down at the bottom, after a beautiful email has been written, look out for self. Mm. So we come with this narrative and we, we even teach our children. And so often in therapy, I work with people where Parents actually so cotton-wooled their child that they were the most special little one. Now, my children are always special, and especially my grandkids. Mm -hmm. But I intentionally teach them to look away from themselves, to Mm -hmm. look for how they can in actual fact make a difference in other people's lives. But so often nowadays when I deal with people in the therapy room, I often ask them about their upbringing and uh, bring their family in and ask questions, and their siblings would say, no, our brother or our sister was always the favorite one, the one that was cotton-wooled and cared for, and everyone fuffed around them. It was their needs and their needs alone that needed to be addressed. And we see that today even in the way that we refer to our technology, iPhone, iPad. Oh, wow. It's all about self. It's all about me. It is all about immediate gratification of my own personal needs. That is what drives consumerism. We live today in a society where selfies Mm -hmm. are constantly being taken. Mm. So somebody just texted through and asked the question, are we all narcissistic? Well, all of us un- under the reign of Satan has been born into this world with a self-centeredness. The biggest narcissist is actually found in Scripture. Who would that be? That might be one of your questions for, <laughs> for, for your audience. Yeah, that's right. There's a good quick question there, right there. Who was the biggest narcissist ever, and what would be the, uh, the, the best passage of the Bible to illustrate somebody who couldn't talk about anything other than themselves? Mm. Doesn't he use the words, I will, I will, I will constantly? Mm-hmm. So right from the beginning of humanity, there was an influence already impressed on the mind of humanity, eye-centeredness. Mm. And we see a dramatic escalation in that happening today in, in society. And that actually breaks down the fiber of our community, of our family, of our marriages at the moment in society. Yeah, speaking about Lucifer, you know, if you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the most high. That's one verse, five eyes. Exactly. Pretty narcissistic. Where on the opposite side, Jesus actually, who is God doesn't see it any robbery to become come down to this earth to become human, to live amongst us and eventually die the ultimate death. In other words, mm. living a life of looking away from himself to be self-sacrificing. That's what's very interesting, and I've repeated this a few to- or referred to this research a few times in the past, to have the best mental health outcome and physical health outcome 
is an actual fact to look away from yourself to see how you can become a blessing to other people. Yeah, I see it as such a disadvantage to be a narcissist. Just from what I'm just like reading here, you know, one of the things that narcissists needs is constant validation. They're constantly seeking it. They constantly. Well, that's what our social media feeds us. It's what it creates within us that dopamine hit when you get validation. But I feel like it's needed because you've put yourself into a position where it's like, oh, I'm perfect. I can do no wrong. Uh, you know, I am, I am the, the center of the world. Um, it's very, you very quickly realize, like, unless you have that constant validation that, wow, I'm actually a terrible person. Which, by the way, points to a tremendous insecurity that they actually mm. have. So they present with this grandiose, uh, sense that, that I've got it all together. Mm. But in reality, they are hiding a deep-seated insecurity. Wow. So therefore, constantly needs to put other people down, constantly have to get that validation, constantly needs the praise of others in order to maintain their sense of, of worth and value. Whereas if they realize that they're actually a child of God, mm. they wouldn't need that. Exactly. They would know exactly who they are. I'm a child of God. That's all I need to know. But, Lyle, there's a problem with being a child of God, and that is that I can't live the life just the way that I want to. I've got to live it according to him who had designed me. That's right. Mm. But that is exactly where peace in the midst of crisis actually comes from, knowing that there's a creator God that actually holds his hand over me. I can, in actual fact, live for something greater than myself. Mm. Wow, this is a um, quite quite the topic to talk about, particularly you know from the standpoint of scripture. I love that passage that you just mentioned there from you know Philippians chapter two. You know, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who yep. being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, mm. but made himself of no reputation. You know, came to this earth and as a servant and died. So the reality is that the option, the only option for us, is between two personality traits, that displayed by Satan, Lucifer, or that displayed by Jesus Christ mm. himself, mm-hmm. with the two completely different approaches to life but also outcomes. Mm. And we see those people that even during the Holocaust were suppressed to horrible uh, things actually were able to maintain themselves as those people that actually looked away from themselves and were able to make a difference, help others that sometimes were in the less uh, problematic circumstances. So you talk about narcissism as being one of the most difficult disorders to treat. And it seems to me that, you know, other than conversion, because not everybody's going to make a decision for Jesus Christ, but other than conversion, surely the best way to treat narcissism is to get people involved in volunteering for the community and doing good things for others. And they would get involved as long as they get the praise and get the focus <laughs> of, That's right. of that voluntary work. Mm. In other words, everyone will pat them at the end of the day and tell them what a great job, how that this service would not be able to function without them. Uh-huh. Mm. So, their, so uh, their identity is found in their validation. Their identity is not found in Jesus Christ. Exactly, mm. exactly. And what we see is that therapy needs to be supported by medication, like many of, of some of the medications that are given to people is a suppressing of the mind, while in reality conversion is the opening up of the mind. Mm. 
activating us to the reality of ourselves and the reality of the world out there. Mm. And really, you know, that, that, that whole simple process of becoming a Christian that we, you know, we teach so many people, and, and it begins by admit you're a sinner, condemned to death, in need of a saviour, go to Jesus. Correct. That's, that's the process by which a person becomes a Christian. That's right. But it begins with renouncing narcissism and recognizing that we are infected with sin. Yeah. Yeah, David, it's a uh, that's that's a big topic. It's just it's been fantastic having you here in the studio today, but unfortunately we do need to continue on with the show. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.